It's just after 8 o'clock in the big city. It's time for America's favorite Las Vegas sports show, Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rabaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Visit PSBRLaw.com. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada-style pub with three locations. One on Cheyenne, one on Buffalo, and one on the south end of the Strip. Steiner's Pub. We love this place. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Book your non-invasive scan today. Day for peace of mind. Visit pdcenterlv.com. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance, 702-335-5744. 702-335-5744. Laborers Union 872, the builders of Allegiant Stadium and the Las Vegas Ballpark, home of the Aviators. Promodirect.com. Use K-10 for a 10% discount on your promotion items order. Promodirect.com. And by William Hill Racing Sportsbook, America's leading racing sportsbook. Visit WilliamHill.us. So get ready, because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Now. Uh, another Fat Tuesday KT Live, PSBR Law Studios, right here in Las Vegas. Producer Mark Hoke at the helm. Roxy Bernstein, my good pal, will join us eh, probably like the last 35, 40 minutes of the show. Uh, Rock's getting home from hockey practice, you know, being the dad thing now. And uh, one of his boys loves playing hockey. So, and you know, he's up there in that San Jose Shark area. They could use him right about now. I mean, that team is absolutely pathetic. Tough night for the Golden Knights. Had a 2-1 lead late, gave up a goal to the Devils with a minute 10 to go in the Garden State. Jersey wins it in overtime. And, uh, you know, Vegas gets a point out of it. But still, that was one. It looked like they were going to be able to close out. But late goal by Jersey ties it at two. And the Knights lose it three to two in overtime. UNLV basketball coming up in just a few minutes. Thomas and Mack will be watching it right here, keeping an eye on it. Big game for Kevin Kruger and the guys. Because the guys are one and six inside Mountain West play. I mean, that's just not good. Start the season, you know, 11-1, and one, non-conference play, and get into the Mountain West. Look, this Mountain West conference is pretty good. Top to bottom, a lot of parity. But, you know, when you look at UNLV's one victory, where is it? At the pit in New Mexico. Very difficult to win there. So we'll see if they can get this win tonight against the Wyoming team that's been banged up. Wyoming also 1-6 coming into the game tonight. So, you know, it's a big one, though, for the Rebs to get on their home court, get a little momentum, climb back into the thing as far as getting some respectability, and then uh, hopefully get some momentum as they close out March, or actually close out February, get into March, into the conference tournament right here at Thomas and Mack in Vegas, and then see if they can do some damage. So we'll see what Kevin Kruger can do this uh, Thursday. We will have Lindy LaRock, head coach of the Lady Rebels. I mean, 19-2, and two? are you kidding me? Unblemished, 10-0, and 0, I believe, in the Mountain West. Ladies on a roll, big time. Lindy LaRock, man, I'm telling you, she could play. Played at Stanford, and of course, she can flat-out coach. And what a job she's doing. Last year, the Rebs, Lady Rebs, making it to the NCAA tournament, first time in a while. Going to make it back-to-back, but want to make sure that it's an automatic bid, that they win the Mountain West Conference and they win the Mountain West Conference tournament. Don't want to ever leave anything up to a, 
a committee for an at-large bid inside the Mountain West, although I do think the Lady Rebs would probably get one. But we're not going to take it to where we put it in a committee's hands. We're going to take care of business. So looking forward to talking to Coach Lindy LaRock on Thursday. Uh, let me see. Just I uh, got an email back from Jim Livengood, my good bud, of course, uh, athletic director here, UNLV, and now retirement time down there in the Tucson area. Of course, he was athletic director for Arizona for a while. Uh, he'll be coming on the show uh, one of these nights coming up. A uh, bunch of good guests lined up over the next two weeks. But Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays and Fridays, right here at PSBR Law Studios in Las Vegas. PSBR Law, the best in personal injury. Southern California for a long, long time and here in the Vegas Valley. Now in year number four, over $3.5 billion in verdicts and settlements the last decade for their clients. Hashtag strength by your side, the relentless pursuit of justice. You got the 702 down for Vegas. Again, you may not need that number now, but in the future, if anybody needs personal injury, trust me, Panache, Boyle, Ravaputi, PSBR Law, the best around. 830 All right, so that uh, is where we originate. Of course, tomorrow night, KT, 1750 North Buffalo, right there, Steiner's Pub, one of three in the Vegas Valley to serve you. And Roger Sachs has some openings. Yes, some seat openings for Super Sunday. That's right. February the 12th, opening up the doors at 2.30. Game will kick off about 3.30. Opening up the doors as far as for the party. They sell those seats at all three locations. you got 8168 Las Vegas Boulevard South at Windmill. Sold out. Seats are all sold out. 1750 North Buffalo, where KT is every Wednesday night. Sold out. 8410 West Cheyenne, the original, now in their 25th year, there are seats available. Now, there will be, you know, the bar will still be open to patrons, you know, coming and going if they just happen to walk in by chance on Super Bowl Sunday. They, I mean, unless it's absolutely, you know, to where they're not going to break any fire codes, but uh, you know what I'm saying. If there's some room as people may not be staying for the entire thing, whatever, uh, but those seats are set up, and they sell the seats. It's almost like a personal seat license, and it's $50. That $50 then goes towards the big board that they have, the squares. And there's, you know, the four quarters where they'll pay out, and there's $5,000 on that board that they'll pay out. Now, if you're one of the squares that is catty-cornered to a winning square, you get $50 right there. And then he's got it broken down. I think it's... I'll go over the uh, the money, the payout. Uh, the final score is more. Halftime's pretty good, and then first and third quarter. But again, if you're caddy corner and just touching, so that means there's going to be five winners each time that a quarter ends. So good stuff there. But it also allows you, uh, you know, an opportunity to know that your seat is secured, so you don't have to worry about okay, what's up. So I would tell you to get down to the Cheyenne location, eighty four ten. West Cheyenne, or call ahead, get in there. I, I believe it's, you know, first come, first service, how they do it. But you've got to get in there. And I think everything's uh, cash paying. Now, Roger sent me the email, so I'll, I'll check it out when I go to break. Uh, but he sent the email in detail. Now, there's a $150 charge as far as on top of that. And that allows you from 2.30 all the way till the end of the game, which is usually about 7.30. So, you know, 8 o'clock, somewhere in that neighborhood. So five, five and a half hours, all you can eat. All you can drink. You're there. I mean, you'll get a wristband, and that's it. It is, trust me, it's one of the best deals 
for the big game, Super Sunday. It is just absolutely incredible. And that's why it's pretty much sold out, you know, because people that go one year, they right away after the game, they're like, okay, I'm going to do this again next year. What do I need to do? Boom. And they buy their seats. So this is the first year that I can remember this late to where, you know, inside of, you know, a few weeks, three weeks before the game, and there's still some seats. Again, only at the one location, 8410 West Cheyenne. If some open up at 1750 North North Buffalo or 8168 Las Vegas Boulevard South, I will let you know. I'll update you as far as that goes. But I'll get you all the details. Food is outstanding. Drinks, you know, spirits, whatnot. Just make sure you have your ride set up so you're good to go if you're going to have, uh, you know, adult beverages. And just enjoy yourself. It is a great setup. And then the squares and, of course, great gaming. So if you want to play, uh, you know, the video poker, video kino, you know, try and grab one of those seats if they have those available. Those are great as well. And always a lot of fun and lots of specials uh, going on as far as the gaming throughout each and every month. When you go into all three Steiner's Pub locations, you can grab one of their calendars. Roger's got it all set up. And it's got, you know, the homemade soups of the night. And it's got... You know, different things, different events going on. It also has, you know, the Vegas Golden Knights, UNLV, uh, all the schedules right there. So it'll let you know when it's game day. So this way you can plan accordingly. And I'll just tell you, there's great specials. Every Golden Knights game, forget about it. I mean, places are packed. So, you know, tough one tonight. Take it on the chin back east against Jersey. But they do get a point out of it. But 3-2, to two, the Devils win it. Uh, Mark Hoke, of course, my great producer. Uh, Mark Hoke Show, 101st wrestling show yesterday again professional wrestling you like professional wrestling you'll love the mark Hoke show mark good to see you on a fat tuesday i did not get to listen back to you and fish normally i do I'll, I'll listen when i'm driving in from phoenix but i didn't have a chance to listen but i did put up the old tweet a little comedy a little tragedy look not to get on fish because i was rooting for the bills i'd like to see the bills win a super bowl but they were horrendous and they didn't deserve it and joe burrow look cool as a cucumber and your eagles you and i talked about it I said I didn't think Daniel Jones was going to have any type of game because I figured your defense was good enough. Not even worried about how effective Jalen Hurts was going to be or what percent he was as far as health-wise. He looked healthier than I thought he was going to, had some nice little runs, mixed it up. But that Eagles victory made you the comedy and fish, of course, with the Bills, the tragedy. Oh, well. I, I My team wins. Yay. Everybody else, eh. you know, it was a nice side thing. I warned everybody about the Bengals at the start of the season, didn't I, Ken? You did, didn't I? You did. Oh God, they're, they're I, not one of those. You know, they're not one of those Super Bowl losers that basically did, is going to struggle the following year. There, uh, Joe Burrow's an outstanding player, just that, outstanding. That team, all they need to do was fix the offensive line, add a little secondary, and they were going to improve. They, it, when a team like that gets to a Super Bowl and doesn't expect it, either one of two things is going to happen: either a complete fluke, or they're an up and coming team that people just you know kind of missed and. Just added some parts, and that's what Cincy did. That's a very, very good football team. That is true, but when you lose guys like Jonah Williams and Alex Kappa, a couple guys from the offensive line that were you know, there pretty much the whole season, you're thinking, ah, oh, this, team's, this team's in trouble again. But Joe Burrow has adjusted, and he is somebody that I feel handles adversity as far as with offensive line play. Even you know, in the first game against Kansas City this year, he didn't have Joe Mixon. So that'll come into play as well uh, as they go back to Kansas City. But the offensive line, he knows who's there. He knows who's coming. He knows who he's going up against. And he kind of, you know, just adjusts. He's a chameleon of sorts. Ken, you and I have watched a lot of football. How many guys, quarterbacks, have you seen that 
are as cool and calm as this guy. And I, you know, everybody keeps calling him Joe Cool and all that. Okay, great. But on a realistic side, the way he conducts himself on on and off the field, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I keep trying to think of people that I remember that could do that, and I just like that well. And I keep thinking of guys like Montana, Montana, you know. Even though lately Brady's kind of been losing it, but old Brady, school guys that you, you were know, before just, your time, like Joe Namath and, and Johnny Unitas, were pretty cool customers. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't a, a person like that doesn't come along very often. I mean, he just doesn't panic and he just believes he can win, and you know, you don't see a lot of histronics out of him. He just goes out and does the job. I mean, that that kid is something else. Yeah, he really is. Uh, you know what, uh, Kansas City? I was worried because I did give out that three team teaser. And I said, you know what? You take Kansas City down to, you know, two or whatever. I said, take Cincinnati up to ten and a half and Philadelphia down to one and a half. Now, I played the Eagles on the money line and I played the Eagles uh, minus the points as well. I bought I did an alternate line. I bought it down to seven from seven and a half. I was pleasantly surprised. I, I thought Philly'd win and I said I thought they'd get it by double digits. But they were solid. And the defense is as good as advertised. And the Giants realize as well as they played against Minnesota, it's a different animal. When you go to Philly, there's just something about that city that gets behind a team. It is loud. It is crazy. And that's why I said, if they win this game and San Francisco wins, I give Philadelphia an outstanding opportunity to knock off the Niners. Now, they are slight favorites in the game. I've already played Philly on the money line. And then I teased both Cincinnati plus seven and a half with the Niners plus eight and a half, and then the line flip flops. So now I have Kansas City plus eight and a half, and the Niners plus eight and a half. So I have, uh, you know, basically as long as that KC Cincy game, you know, finishes somewhere inside of seven and a half points, you know, between whoever wins, I'm going to be good going into the Niner game uh, with the Niners plus eight and a half. But I've got Philly on the money line, and I feel comfortable. I, my feeling is that Philadelphia is going to win that game somewhere between three and seven points. I'd say you're about right. Uh, you know, the the Giants were a nice story, but they were kind of on the same tier as the Vikings, uh, Seahawks. You know, they were teams that were good, you know, solid. But really, as San Francisco got themselves together and regrouped from Trey Lance getting hurt, it, it's really been Philly and San Francisco in the NFC all the way. And, you know, with Dallas was right behind them. Uh, this is going to be a great game, but I, I think people keep forgetting how good the Philadelphia defense is. You know, everybody's talking about Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown and so on, but this is a team that's loaded with all pros at every level. And San Francisco has a few too. I mean, but the Eagles' pass rush has been phenomenal all year. I, I just think Brock Purdy is going to really struggle with this Eagle defense. You know, it's one thing with Dallas, but their secondary is a little shaky. Uh, I I just I feel really good about this game, I, and I hate jinxing it, but I, I think the Eagles have got this one, and we're going to be going to the Super Bowl. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm, I, I'm convinced it's going to be a close game. That's my feeling. I feel that Philadelphia may be the first one to actually really get pressure on Purdy, and Dallas did a pretty good job. Uh, he's making some of these passes, these little sidearm passes. He's trying to do the Mahomes-type stuff. He's getting away with them. Something tells me there's going to be a turnover or two that's going to go in the way of the Eagles. Look, I'm not 
diminishing San Francisco's defense because we know how solid that D is as well. And you and I were talking about it prior to the show. I'm just trying to go back, and we'll talk about this when we get back from break, but I'm just wondering, when is the last time that Dak Prescott has played two big-time games in a row? He's had a couple good games, and yes, he looked solid in their first playoff game, but when you step up in class, my gosh, it was uh, disappointing to say the least. And the Cowboy fans got everything they wanted and then some from their defense. They shut down the Niner offense. They had an opportunity. They were there. They just couldn't make big plays. They didn't get the ball downfield near enough to uh, loosen up that defense, and it came back to bite them. We will talk more NFL. I will get you caught up on the Richard Badge and Finley Toyota out-of-town scoreboard. If you remember Friday night, I gave you a seven-pack. Ended up going four wins, two losses, one push. So not too bad on the college hardwood. Had a, well, let's see if, uh, I'll, I'll see what, I, I may end up two and one tonight. I'm either going to go one and two or two and one. But I did call Georgetown straight up saying that they would break that 29-game Big East losing streak. They did just that. We'll talk about it when we get back. SportsX Radio 101.5 FM, KDWN, 1140 The Bet. And, of course, streaming live on that Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. A-U-D-A-C-Y, just download that sucker. It's a free app. Search KDWN, search SportsX Radio, or search Mark Hoke Show. Live from Vegas, PSBR Law Studios. We'll be right back on a Fat Tuesday. I saw him dancing there by the record machine. I knew he must have been about 17. Uh, yes, legendary Joan Jett. She's got her own style, no doubt. Kind of like uh, she's kind of like Pinky Tuscadero, you know, back in the old wow. happy days. Yeah, that is a pull. Yeah, that's good stuff good right pull. there, right? I mean, I could see her with the leather jacket and the little, you know, and just get out of my way type. You know, I appreciated that one, Ken. There you go. Back in the archives of the uh, of the brain, every now and then I can. You know, dust off a few cobwebs there and pull one out of there. Now I got to remember the name of the twins that did the demolition derby that got in a fight with Fonzie. Oh, the Malachi yeah. brothers. Yeah, the Malachi brothers. Good job. Yes. Uh, and and what was her little sister's name? I do not remember. Leather. Oh yeah. Leather Tuscadero. Oh oh Pinky yeah yeah Pinky's yeah Pinky's little sister. Oh good lord. Yep, going way back. Happy days. Oh Sunday yes. Monday happy days. That was good stuff, man. Oh Potsy <laughs> Ralph Mouth. Come on, man. Doesn't hey. get much. Now, who's the coolest character that was only cameo appearance? Like maybe three, four episodes you saw him. Robin Williams. No. No? Oh, no, no. Mork for Mork. No. How about no. Chuck, the Chuck. older brother? Richie's oh, older brother. That. Chuck was okay. the greatest. Oh, okay. I didn't and he was, he was there. And, and I remember the one time that Richie wanted to move out of his house. And uh, he moved in with Chuck. And he's uh, like, hey, this is great. And I, all of a sudden, Chuck has the basketball team over. You know, we're going to we're going to watch some film. They have a a hoop up in like the living room. The guys are running layup drills in the living room. Richie's trying to study. It's just great, man. And you can't make this stuff up. But the best was Howard Cunningham, of course, the dad. Chuck, stop bouncing the ball in the house. And he'd pick the ball up and go, all right, dad. Sorry. 
two seconds later, he's bouncing it again, going up to his Chuck room. was not a good person. That's why I wasn't on the show very he much. He was just classic. Terrible little rat. Yeah, no doubt. All right, and Joni Shortcake, of course. Yeah, good stuff, though. Uh, some good college basketball, really good college basketball tonight. UNLV out of the gate up 17-12 on Wyoming, 10.50 to go. Thomas and Mack, first half. So Kevin Krugs has the guys ready. Hopefully they can close this one out, play a complete 40 minutes, get the W there, and get that second conference win. It's been a long time. And uh, Chris Wynn tweeting out the other day, you know, it was it's eerily similar to what happened with the football program. Football team got off to a 4-1 and one start. We're all excited. They're going to get at least to a bowl game. And lo and behold, they only get one more win down the stretch. Now, it was against Nevada, which was good because you get the Fremont Cannon, and that's important. But at the end of the day, when you start out you know, 4-1, and one, we expect you to get to six wins. <clears throat> you start out 11-1 and one, non-conference. And Kevin Kruger said, yeah, it's, it's non-conference. It's great. We're getting some chemistry and a lot of new faces and uh, transfer portal and bringing new guys in and trying to mesh all that stuff together. Not easy, but he's up to it. And a couple tough losses early on conference play, but did get the win in the pit. So that you know the potential's there. They're right there knocking on the door. I think they're uh, going to get on a little roll here. So hopefully they can get this one tonight. If they do, I'm going to say they'll win four out of five. If they get this win tonight, I'll say UNLV wins four out of five. And I haven't even looked at the schedule who they're playing, but I just have that feeling. Got that gut feeling. Just like I had that gut feeling tonight that Georgetown would end a 29-game losing streak inside the Big East. I saw that DePaul was going in there. I played it last night, plus three. It dropped down to plus one and a half. DePaul still the slight road favorite. But Georgetown got it done and ended that 29-game conference losing streak. My goodness. Mark Hoke, that's a long streak. I got to give you props on that because I did not pick that one last night. Yeah, that, but you got to feel bad for Patrick Ewing. That that it, it's one thing to lose as a coach, but it's another thing to lose at your alma mater and the school that you won a national title with. It's just got to be tearing him apart. I I can't imagine what it's like for him walking around campus right now. All right, so remember one of the things that I said as far as gaming, the game within within the game, the game inside the game. There's trends. Some trends are coming to one of the trends that I've been following. Doesn't matter what sport it is, if a streak reaches eight or more wins or losses, and then that streak ends, whatever that result was, many times it happens again the next game. Now, Georgetown has to go to St. John's. St. John's is much better at home, should take care of business. I will say I'm blindly going to play Georgetown plus the points, whatever they are, because they've got that feeling they're not celebrating too much. They don't want to go, hey, yeah, we've won one of our last 30 conference games. We're good. No, they're going to be focused because the feeling of winning a game inside conference has to feel pretty good. They're going to want to feel that feeling again on Saturday. If they pull off the road stunner straight up at St. John's, I'll really be impressed. But I think they'll cover the line, whatever it is. We'll see how that plays out. So that's just an early prognostication there. But that is a trend that really comes into play. I, I want to say, and I, I asked Mark Lawrence to see if he could check it out in his database, which goes back to 1980. I'll ask Andy Isco as well because he's got a great database, and maybe we can find that out. But I want to say it's somewhere in the 65% range is what I'm feeling that that happens in that same scenario. Wins or losses, doesn't matter. Once a streak hits eight or more, when that streak is broken, whatever that result was, happens again the next game. 
So we'll see. And I, you know what? ISCO is probably somebody that will be able to get me a lot of that information. I'll talk to Mark Lawrence about that tomorrow. Let's go to the uh, Rich Badge and Finley Toyota out-of-town scoreboard. We'll go up top in the association. There's just one game going. Right now it's a ninth, uh, make it a 16-point lead because it just dropped down to 16. 625 to go third quarter. City of Angels, Battle of L.A., Clippers 85, Lakers 69. 625 left. Clippers go off a five-point favorite at the Westgate Superbook. 231.5 your total, so we'll keep an eye on that game. The only game still going in the association. Pacers beat the Bulls 116-110. Trailed by 14 at the half, but put it together in the second half. The game still stays under the 234.5, but Indiana, slight one-and-a-half-point home favorite, gets the win in the cover. 116-110. Pacers knock off the Bulls in Indianapolis. Heat. Minus two and a half against the Celtics. Could the Celtics actually lose two games in a row? Yes, they can. They got Yay! beat by the Magic, Woo! and they lose to the Heat, 98-95. Total was 214, doesn't get close. It's only 193. 98-95, Miami knocks off Boston. The Knicks, three and a half point home dogs. The only way they're going to cover if they win a game, because you know the Knicks, it's going to be close if they win at home. But they do get the win for the Crooklyn Ball. And my good pal Noah Parker, because I know he had money on the Knicks, like I said, he would bet the Knicks against God. You know, it's, <laughs> it's God against the Knicks. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll lay two and a half. Uh, God, no, I don't know how you do it. But tonight he took the three and a half from the Cavs. Knicks pretty much wire to wire. 105-103, they knock off Cleveland as three and a half point dogs. Total 221 game stays well under. Again, 105-103, New York gets the win at Madison Square Garden. Nuggets get another triple-double from Jokic. Again, still no Zion. In fact, update, he's going to be out an extra two weeks rehabbing. But the Nuggets do nip the Pelicans down in the Bayou, 99-98. They were minus three, however. So if you back the Pelicans, took the three points, you get the money there. How about the total? 232.5. The game only hits 197. 99-98 the final as Denver wins in New Orleans. Real good one from Big D. Dallas at home against the Washington Wizards. 127-126. Washington with a road victory of seven-point dogs. Total 224.5. That game flies over. The Wiz get the one-point win, and Phoenix gets back over 500. Hard to believe after the season they had last year that they were sitting at 24 and 24 coming into this game. They get the win. They route Charlotte 128 to 97, 31-point win at home. Total 223. Game gets over thanks to the great effort by Phoenix. Hits 225, 128 to 97. Phoenix, and again we'll keep an eye on that Clippers Lakers game. 88-74. Clips lead at 5:15 to go, third quarter. Let's go down to the NHL. Talked about the Golden Knights losing a heartbreaker in Jersey in overtime. 3-2 the final there. Three games going right now. Anaheim doubling up on Arizona. 3-17 to go third period from Tempe. Colorado looking for six in a row. Lead Washington 3-2 just 50 seconds. 5-0, 50 seconds left in regulation there in the Mile High City. Keep an eye on that one. And Chicago and Vancouver tied at two inside the last minute of the second period. That totals six and a half. Vancouver a huge minus 240 in that game, and now Anaheim's added another goal, so it's 5-2 Anaheim. That puts that game over the total of 6.5, and, a half, and uh, down to 9 seconds now, Colorado-Washington as the Avalanche looking to close out the Capitals. Finals from earlier tonight, Tampa Bay at home, doubled up on Minnesota, 4-2 to the final there. That total was 6, so a push on the total there. Pittsburgh and Florida, this game was wild. It was like two minutes inside the second period. It was 3-3. Three to three. Game ends up going into overtime. Pittsburgh wins it 7-6 to six against Florida. That total six and a half, so an easy over there, and that really helps you as far as the Grand Salami because there were several games that stayed under tonight, but that seven six score catapults the the uh, the over uh, big time as far as the 
Grand Salami, but I'll figure that out and see if it got there because there were a couple low-scoring games uh, that have gone final already. L.A. gets past the Flyers 4-3. to Philly led that game 3-2, to but the Kings come back and win it 4-3, to so that game also getting over the total of 6. L.A. a slight road favorite. Boston, unreal the, the, the year that the Bruins are having. I mean, when you have a year like the Bruins are having, if you don't win, if you don't win the whole thing, it's I, I I know it's crazy. I didn't go in as a as a huge favorite going in, but when you look at what they're doing, they are thirty eight wins, five losses, and four overtime losses. They have eighty points already in forty seven games played. God, Ken, that's insane. It is. I mean, they're nine and one in their last ten. They have another. They're on a six game winning streak now. They, they came out of the gate with just a ridiculous record. Their record at home: twenty two wins, one loss and three overtime losses. Their only loss, of course, to the Vegas Golden Knights at home. But this Boston team, I'm telling you, this is, uh, this is a juggernaut right now. It's going to, like when you look at it, Mark, you're, you're thinking, because they're all best of seven in the NHL playoffs, like who's going to beat this team four times, right? I don't know. <laughs> and, it, and it's funny, you know, everybody wouldn't, when Cassidy got fired from there last year, that everybody was like, well, why'd you get rid of Cassidy? And I don't know, maybe they just some chemistry issues or they just saw some things that they didn't like and well I guess it's working out okay for them. Yeah, I I just don't know that that team may not lose 10 games. Yeah. All right. Yeah, they, Jim, they may not lose 10 games. Jim Montgomery, 53 years age of age uh, from Montreal. Uh he is doing an incredible job. It's one of those, you know, when you step in kind of like Sonny Dykes at TCU and of course we remember the last game where Georgia just pummeled him. But at the end of the day, you know, regular season, you run the table. I mean, what do you do for an encore, right? I mean, you go in there, it's like Dan Marino, his first year in the league, gets all the way to the Super Bowl. Never got back there. So you just never know. You got to kind of take it all in while it's happening. But Jim Montgomery and the Celtics, I mean, on the uh, Bruins, I'm sorry, I'm thinking of the, the Jim Montgomery and the Bruins, just incredible uh, what they're doing right now in the NHL. That record, uh, kind of remember in some of these other sports where you play a bunch of games like I remember the 84 Tigers remember that year 35 and 5 out of the gate the Detroit Tigers going on to an incredible year with Sparky Anderson and of course winning the World Series so they took it all the way they beat the Padres in the World Series uh, that year so it is important when you have that type of year that you're able to close it out and uh, get the whole enchilada we'll see if the Bruins can do that or will the Vegas Golden Knights at least be able to be in the conversation. They are not playing their best hockey right now. Jack Eichel is struggling, and the team overall uh, not playing their best hockey. Uh, coming off uh, another homestand where it was not, you know, big time advantage over there at T-Mobile. So, you know, hopefully they can get it together at home. We know they play real well on the road overall for the season. And uh, the Bruins, though, what an incredible year they're having, and we'll keep an eye on them as we move on down. San Jose and Detroit Motor City. Red Wings get the win for Chris Wynn, 3-2 to two the final there. That game's staying under the 6.5. Talked about the 3-2 overtime victory for Jersey over Vegas, another under. So that's uh, two unders in a row and a push on the under uh, with Boston-Montreal. 5-3 Buffalo under the arch gets past St. Louis. Nice effort by the Sabres. And I got to tell you, I'm proud of the Sabres. I mean, they're coming out after they traded Eichel to the Golden Knights. You're thinking, like, what is this team? They're just basically uh, another fire sale, but... They're playing pretty good hockey this year. They're very competitive. Nashville also gets a win at home, 2-1. to one, Very low-scoring game there. Total was 5.5, shaded to the over, but stays well under. And the Predators get the home victory 
and it has gone final. Colorado did get that 3-2 win against Washington. And uh, we'll keep an eye on the other two games. Anaheim a minute away from a win in Arizona, so they're going to win that one. That's, again, 5-2 has already gone over the total, and it is now 2-2 after 2, Chicago at Vancouver. I will uh, take a break, come back, get you caught up on college basketball. I did uh, let you know that Georgetown did break that 29-game streak. The final in that game against DePaul was 81-76, so Patrick Ewing has the monkey off his back at least as far as uh, getting a win and breaking that losing streak inside the Big East. And Georgetown has played several very competitive games in conference play, only to have, you know, somewhere along the line in the second half, like a a three, four-minute spell where they just fell apart. And so, you know, you'll look at it and go, they lost by nine there, they lost by seven there, eight there, but they were either winning that game or or losing it by a point in a back-and-forth game. They just need to take this win – and hopefully, uh, you know, gain some wisdom and move forward. Because I'm like you. I like Patrick Ewing. It's his alma mater. You know he's putting 110% in and uh, trying to do the best he can. We'll get you a lot of these college basketball scores when we come back. Very impressive night for one of the Florida teams in a battle of two Florida teams. The road team coming out big time victorious. We'll talk about that when we come back. Roxy Bernstein, don't forget, comes up about 925, somewhere in that area. And uh, Roxy, of course, does a lot of college basketball, Pac-12 networks, ESPN networks, and uh, we'll get into that. But he's also a big-time 49ers guy, so it'll be a lot of fun. Have producer Mark Hoke, Eagles guy, Roxy Bernstein, Niners guy. We'll talk about that big game coming up in Philly. And, of course, KC at home, high ankle sprain for Mahomes, but he's going to give it a go. He's a gamer. You're not keeping that guy out of a game like that against Joe Burrow and the Bengals, and the line has flip-flopped where Casey was the favorite. Cincy right now is the road favorite. We are live, PSBR Law Studios in Las Vegas, 101.5 FM, KDWN, 1140 The Bet, streaming live on the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, live PSBR Law Studios. Ken Thompson, you're listening to SportsX Radio. Be right back. She's got Yeah, back on a Fat Tuesday. I'm Mark Hoke. I got to just ask you, did you look at the log with the commercials and then put the music after you knew which commercial was going to end the uh, set break there? I did not. That was a... That was uh, pretty good right there, buddy. That was a lucky stroke. That was a Freudian slip right there, buddy. Good one. Wow. I give... I got to say, you know, Ken, when we were growing up... Yeah. Yeah, that commercial would have had no hope of getting on the air. Zero. Zero fun, sir. No. No, absolutely not. But I, I feel like all of mankind should be feeling a little better tonight. Just, just raised the bar. I sure did in more <laughs> ways than one. I'm telling. Oh you. golly, Great stuff. Big points for Roman. There you go. Meanwhile, we big, should get him to sponsor our shows. Yes, we should. I think we should make that. Ken, we're going to make that call tomorrow. Make the call. Let's do it. Let's do it, and hopefully we'll grab from the archive right here and go right into it. Just play that little clip for him. Coming out of the set break. I'll leave it I'll leave it in when I edit. 38-25. <laughs> UNLV up 13 on a 12-2 run right now. Still a minute 18 to go in the half. And as I say that, Wyoming drills a three. So 38-28. Rebs still up 10. Last minute of play first half. Thomas and Mack, you can watch that on CBS Sports Network if you have it. Uh, you know, KT always kind of harping on 
the guys more so than the women, but it really pertains to anybody that falls demographically between the ages of 40 and 72. Uh, Preventative Diagnostic Center, Dr. John Pierce, incredible facility. We've got the only scanner of its kind in the region that gives you early detection before signs and symptoms of more than two dozen ailments, heart disease, lung disease, cancers, gives you kind of that, you know, lets you know uh, pretty much if something's starting out. And, you know, you got to get in there. You, You cannot put it off. I know it's something that I put off for a while because I, I wrote that number down. I had heard it on a TV commercial, and I wrote the number down. And then I was like, ah, you know what? People say, well, if you had this, would you want to know or would you just want to live it out? And then, then I have a brother that's a cancer survivor. I've got a wife that's a cancer survivor. Now, my brother, his stuff wasn't caught as early. He had no clue. He got blindsided with lymphoblastic lymphoma. My wife Fortunate going to her gynecologist and all that stuff and uh, some abnormalities in uh, one of the cultures, whatever. And that kind of led to her finding out she had ovarian cancer. But both are in remission. My brother, for a long time, we didn't think he was going to make it. This was back when he was in his his 30s, his mid-30s. But after two years of chemo and radiation, he has been in remission for a while now and uh, very blessed. Has three boys, uh, twins through in vitro fertilization, took four times, so it cost him a, an arm and a leg. So, uh, yeah, he only has two limbs. But, uh, you know, the boy's outstanding. Uh, after recovering, he was then able to, his youngest son, Beckham, it's his first name, Beckham, because my brother's a big-time soccer guy. Uh, but, you know, he's, he's doing well, and then my wife, Christina, doing well. But that's the whole thing as far as preventative diagnostic center. If you find out that you have early stages of cancer, you're going to be able to combat it. You know, it doesn't matter, heart disease, lung disease, you're going to be able to, you know, change things, alter your life a little bit, change your your habits, your diet, uh, quit smoking for good. I mean, I encourage that anyway. And I'm not talking to you like somebody that never had a smoke because I sure did. I mean, I was, you know, going through basketball practice in North Jersey in high school, and then uh, me and my buddy Mike Tedesco, we'd be on the side of the building smoking a Marlboro Red thinking we were real cool. Uh, You know, but at the end of the day, you know, habits are going to catch up with you and could just be, you know, something that happens, you know, you, maybe you never smoked or, and you end up with lung disease or uh, heart disease. You take care of yourself. Look, it happens. So why not take advantage of having that scanner right here in the region to get down, see Dr. John Pierce, great staff that he's got there at the Preventative Diagnostic Center. You can call now, you can leave a no, uh, number and name a number, and then they'll get back to you, get you that free educational consultation. You already have that 702 down for Vegas. 534-7900, Let them know KT from SportsX Radio sent you. Comfortable scan takes just a few minutes. You get a detailed report from a board-certified radiologist a few days later. You get a complete printout. It'll type it out, and then you'll have also have a disc. This way, anything, uh, you know, not kosher, you can find out, you know, best way to attack it with your physicians and have that information. Heart CT scan, calcium score special. Again, guys, don't get blindsided by that Widowmaker. It's got that name for a reason. You can have that massive heart attack, and that could be it. You only have one shot. So get in there. Get the heart CT scan and calcium score. It's $125, $600 value. Your significant other, absolutely free. So the two of you get in there. Get that heart checked out. Make sure those arteries are clear. doesn't get much better than that. Heart CT scan, calcium score, 125 for the two of you. Early detection is key. Get peace of mind. You've got to take charge of your health. No one's going to do it for you. 
pdcenterlv.com is the website. You can check things out over there, but leave your name and number, and they will get back to you and set you up that free educational consultation. And then I promise you, get down there. I've sent Pat Casal. Pat sent a ton of people. I mean, there's so many people that have gone, uh, not only from hearing it here on the radio, uh, but also you know, from word of mouth, and I always grab some cards and have them, but Dr. John Pierce and his crew will take great care of you. PDCenterLV.com, 534-7900. Ken Thompson, Mark Hoke on a Fat Tuesday. Roxy Bernstein, last segment in hour number two. Got a few minutes left here in this hour, and then I'll start the uh, second hour with the college basketball. Pretty good, pretty good slate tonight. 182, update that Laker-Clipper game now in the fourth quarter, a minute in. Clippers still up 18, again, laying 4.5 or 5, 5 at the Westgate Superbook, total 231.5. Rutgers, wire to wire, just embarrassing uh, Penn State tonight. Yeah, 65-45, the Nittany Lions did oh. not show up. Yeah, but I will say oh. this. I, I, like, I like the Penn State coach because he came out and he's like, I just told the guys, you're soft. You know, I mean, you're going to play that. I mean, what, you got to have some pride. He said, zero pride. Who scores 45 points? He goes, that, that's absolutely ridiculous. And, and I love that. I didn't say like, oh, we ran into a buzz. So, I mean, they were better. No, he just said, we, we played with like no heart, no back. Yeah, he, he, 45 points in 40 minutes of college basketball. Are you serious? And they're a good shooting team. Yeah, too. I mean, they've got players. There's no doubt. Rutgers is a good defensive, good defensive team. And Peichel's doing a nice job there. Uh, he get, he's gotten some really good wins. 65-45. They were minus 6.5 Rutgers. Uh, that line went up a point. Total 128. Only hits 110. 65-45 Rutgers in Jersey. Akron struggled with Miami of Ohio. They were minus 14. Only win the game by 5. 138.5 was your total. And the game gets over. Hits 141. 73-68. The Zips win at home. Ohio U. Bobcats take care of business. Joe Burrow's hometown. Athens, Ohio. 88-76. Beat Western Michigan. They were minus 9. They cover. They win by 12. And the game flies over the 145.5. Bowling Green. 83-61. Minus 2.5 on the road. Pounded the Chippewas of Central Michigan. Uh, by 22 big ones, only laying the two and a half. 145 was the total. Game hits 144, 83-61. Bowling Green, Brad Powers' alma mater. LaSalle at home, they get beat by Davidson. Steph Curry's alma mater gets the win and the cover. They were minus six, win it by seven, 64-57. Game stays well under the 138. And then those two Florida teams I was talking about before I went to break, Miami of Florida, Lyra Nega. Wow, I don't know what he put in their Kool-Aid, man, but they were fired up and they were ready to roll. They went into Tallahassee, and Florida State's been playing better basketball, but Leonard Hamilton's boys got buried at home in Tallahassee, 86-63, to the final there. Canes were minus three, so they went it by 23, total 149. Game hits, 149, 86-63. NC State, uh, Mike Bray in Notre Dame. Mike Bray, by the way, announcing this will be his final year at the helm there for Notre Dame. Uh, NC State trailed this one in Raleigh for a long time, but came back and nipped Notre Dame. Do not come close to covering the nine. Went it by three, eighty-five to eighty-two, and uh, that total was one forty-three. So I'll get to all these other games when I come back in hour number two. Uh, but that's the one we'll leave on. Notre Dame gets the cover of the plus nine. One forty-three was your total. Eighty-five, eighty-two, the final. NC State takes out Notre Dame. Hour number one in the books. Ken Thompson, producer Mark Hoke, Roxy Bernstein in hour number two. Get you the rest of the college basketball. Going to talk a lot of football. Got those two semifinals coming up. Yes, the conference finals, AFC, NFC. We'll do a lot of talking. You're listening to SportsX Radio Live, PSBR Law Studios in Vegas, 101.5 FM, KDWN, 1140 The Bet, streaming on the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. We'll be right back. Hour number two coming up.
Welcome back from halftime. It's just after 9 o'clock in the big city. Time to continue America's favorite Las Vegas sports show. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rabapudi. Trial lawyers that get results. Visit PSBRLaw.com. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada style pub with three locations one on Cheyenne, one on Buffalo, and one on the south end of the strip. Steiner's Pub. We love this place. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Book your non invasive scan today. Day for peace of mind. Visit pdcenterlv.com. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance, 702-335-5744. 702-335-5744. Laborers Union 872. The builders of Allegiant Stadium and the Las Vegas Ballpark. Home of the Aviators. Promodirect.com. Use K-10 for a 10% discount on your promotion items order. Promodirect.com. And by William Hill. Race and Sportsbook, America's leading race and sportsbook. Visit WilliamHill.us. So get ready because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. All right, hour number two, KT Fat Tuesday, PSPR Law Studios in Vegas. Pick it up, Richard Badge and Finley Toyota out of town scoreboard. In that Clippers-Lakers game, Paul George already 23 points, 8 boards. LeBron has 39 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists. Still 8.23 to go in the fourth quarter, but nobody really helping LeBron out. 111-93, to Clips in control, taking care of business. And I'll tell you, James can flat-out play. He's uh, definitely in the top five of all times uh, in my book. I don't have him number one. Mark Hoke, real quick, I mean, if you had... To say, I mean, I mean, your top two players, because Jordan for me is number one. I, and being a Knicks fan, I, I don't like it. I didn't like it when it was happening. But to me, he was the most complete ball player to where he could do so many things with the best of them. Yeah, Jordan to me is still the best player. Oh, boy. But that second spot, man, that's that's like tell me, you know, do you want the, the prime rib, the flaming yawn or the. The porterhouse of the tomahawk, you know what I mean? Yeah, different styles. I mean, uh, it's, it's tough to compare a skyhook uh, of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar with, you know, the play of LeBron or Kobe or, you know. I, I mean, you know, it's hard to argue with Kareem. I guess, you know, Larry Bird's a guy that comes to mind. He's he's so underrated. I didn't get to see um, Bill Russell, though. I didn't get, And a lot of people, you know, think he was, you know, just a very complete center. Now, I know there weren't a lot of guys his size back then, but even when – Alcindor, when he came in, Lou Alcindor uh, to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, there weren't a lot of, you know, seven foot guy, you know, seven two, seven three. Yeah, seven, the league four. was changing yeah. at that point, right? You know, uh, and you know, you think about a guy like Magic Johnson who just turned the game upside down. Six nine point guard, you know, yep. totally innovative. Ah, uh, boy, you know, I'd, I'd have to sit really pull a list up. I want to do but, that. I want to do that with you when we finish up football. I want to get into. NBA all time. I just want to see your like your say your top twenty guards, top ten. Ooh, that's a lot. Top ten. Well, because you have point guard, yeah, shooting guard. Uh, you know, maybe your top five 
shooting, you know, number three. He said, he said the five. word shooting, by the way, and I just thought of Reggie Miller instantly. Right. Yep. So under, I, I, he is so underrated. I, I, I swear to God, if Reggie was playing in the day that, that Curry was playing now, I would shudder to see how many points Reggie Miller would have scored when he's not getting tackled by the Knicks every night and the Pistons. Oh, you know the Knicks owed him, man. You get the push in the back. Old Starks, he gets the push in the back. Beautiful play. Yeah. Clean play. <laughs> no problem. For everybody except us Knicks fans. Oh, you That's poor right. babies. Uh, and, you know, like I said, at least I'm old enough. I got to actually see this team win way back when as a little kid. You know, but uh, most people. Are those memories fading, Ken? No, actually, they're getting stronger. <laughs> those are getting stronger. It's the ones from yesterday that have faded. Yeah, fair enough. They're gone. Uh, 111-100, Lakers have made a little run now, 6.57 to go fourth quarter. They're not good. James has 43 points, seven boards, seven assists. So They're not you get that triple-double. I just want to say it, the Lakers are not good. 113-103, James now has 46 points as he nails a three. Keep an eye on that one. Uh, Pacers, again, beat the Bulls. We told you that, 116-110. McConnell had 20 points and 10 assists. Very impressive. DeRozan in the loss had 33 points. Celtics lost to the Heat, 98-95. Tatum, 31-14, 7 assists. Out of Bayou, Bam, had 30 points, 15 boards for Miami. For the Knicks, Julius Randle, 36 points, 13 boards, leading that Knicks 105-103 win against Donovan Mitchell in Cleveland. Mitchell had 24-8-8. Nuggets in that 99-98 win. We talked about Jokic, another triple-double, 25 points, 11 boards, 11 assists. Alvarado led the way for the Pelicans with 17. Wizards 127-126. Kyle Kuzma, 30 points for Washington. Luka Doncic in a losing effort, 41 points, 15 boards, 6 assists. And then the Suns have finished off the Hornets 128-97. to And Cam Johnson had 24 points leading the way there for the Suns. Back to the uh, college games, and there were a bunch of those games. Uh, I got into a few of them. Uh, left off with, uh, let me see, where did I leave off? I, I think I got oh, the Notre Dame-NC State game. Uh, that's where I left off, 85-82. Illinois, 69-60, and the game wasn't that close. Uh, they beat Ohio State by nine in Champaign, laying three and a half. They get the cover. Game stays well under the 41-47.5. Illinois in control. Underwoods guys were ready to play. I did give you Ohio State uh, last week to break that five-game losing streak, and that turned out to be one of the wins in that seven-pack I gave you. Uh, Ohio State on Saturday took care of business at home. Uh, the other games I gave you were Delaware plus three. That was the push. Bradley, very disappointed in Bradley. They end up losing straight up at home. They were minus seven. Carolina took care of business against NC State. IPFW, also a weak effort. But Bama, another blowout win. Bama may be the most complete team in the country. And then Cal Baptist, minus six. I think they won by about 30 on Saturday. So four, two, and one. I'm going to give you two games uh, for tomorrow's schedule. I only played two games. Big slate, too. But I, I looked and I only have two games so far. Uh, on the slate for tomorrow. Pick it up in the college hoops and uh, next game, Missouri and Mississippi. Nice effort by Mizzou on the road in Oxford. Beat up Kermit Davis's Rebels 89-77. This game sails over the 143. Hits 176. Missouri was minus 2.5. They win it by 12, 89-77. The final. LSU basketball. My God, I, they've had a couple decent games, but this offense is atrocious. I mean, there's several games they've only scored in the 40s. Tonight, they just got to 40. And I know oh. Musselman's play, Musselman's defense, uh, you know, over there in Arkansas, they'll get after you. But they were minus 12 and a half, the Hogs were. They win it 
60 to 40. Oh, God. Nolan Richardson would have been happy with that one oh. down there in the sweat box. Are you oh, kidding me? Boy, LSU is just falling apart, haven't they? Yeah, it's terrible. Total boy, was those, 138, and the game only hits 100. Yeah, them and Ohio State, too. Ohio, I mean, the Big Ten is so competitive, but, man, Ohio State has just fallen on some hard times. They're going to be... They're going to be watching at the end of the season with Minnesota, with everybody else kind of stepping away. But, ugh, ugh, LSU, ugh. Yeah, not good. Uh, Rebels, by the way, up at half on Wyoming, 41-31 right there. Thomas and Mack, second half just getting underway right now. DePaul, Georgetown, 81-76. Georgetown, again, breaks the 29-game Big East losing streak. They were plus one-and-a-half closing number. Total was 150. Game gets over, hits 157. Eastern Michigan, Amani Bates, you know who this kid is? I mean, this kid to Eastern Michigan, Michigan basketball is kind of like what Max Crosby was to Eastern Michigan football. Of course, we didn't know Max Crosby was going to be that good as far as in the NFL, the double X Max. But Amani Bates ends up at Eastern Mish, and tonight he had 29 straight points at one juncture of the game. They still lost to Toledo, 84-79. He finished with 43 points, 43 out of the 79 Toledo, a 20-and-a-half-point favorite at home. They win it, but only by five, 84-79. The total, 165-and-a-half, and the game stays under, hits 163. Buffalo, they go to Ball State. They route the Cardinals, 91-65. Good effort by the Bulls. Total, 150-and-a-half game gets over, hits 156. They were six-point dogs. They win it by 26. East Carolina at home, minus five-and-a-half. They win by 10 against Tulsa, 76-66. Total, 141. Game hits 142. Missouri State, late run, beat the Flames of Illinois, Chicago, 63-59. Don't come close to covering the 13. 130 was your total. Game stays well under, hits 122. Northern Illinois in DeKalb beats Kent State, 86-76. That's impressive. I stopped paying attention to this game. Kent State had a seven-point lead, but Northern Illinois comes back and wins that game. That's a big-time upset inside the MAC. Kent State's one of the top three teams there. Total 137. Game flies over, but Kent State was a 13-point favorite, and Northern Illinois beat them by 10. Southern Illinois, I did have the Salukis, minus seven. They got up early. Uh, They were up 10, and Murray State, got to give them credit. They battled back. It was nip and tuck down the stretch in Carbondale. 68-64, Southern Illinois does get the win, but Murray State, the racers, get the cover. Game hits 132, total was 130, so the game gets over by a deuce. 68-64, Southern Illinois. TCU, Jamie Dixon's Horned Frogs in Fort Worth. Bury Oklahoma, 79-52, was never close. They were minus five. That was the easiest money tonight. Win it by 27 Game stays under the 137.5. Boise State nearly came back to cover. They trailed this game by 11. Fresno State got out of the shoot fast. 63-53, Boise State comes back to win at home against Fresno State, but Bulldogs get the cover of the 12. Total was 126.5. Game still stays under uh, by 10.5 points. Hits 116, 63-53, Boise State. Good one, Drake in Indiana State. If you had the Sycamores, Larry Bird's alma mater, you get the cover, but Drake gets the two-point win, 70-68, to 68, game staying well under the 147, but Drake minus seven, wins it only by a deuce. They had this game up by, they were up by about 12, 13 points, but Indiana State battled back in the second half. All Clemson, uh, no problem at Little John, 72-51. They pound Georgia Tech, minus nine, win it by 21, 136.5. The total game hits 133. North Carolina wins at the Qs, minus four and a half at the Westgate Superbook. There were some fours around town, but pretty much four and a half, I'd say 75% of the shops, including the Westgate Superbook, and North Carolina wins it by four. So if you had the Qs, 
like I'm sure Thomas Viola TV had his alma mater, plus the four and a half. They only lose by four, 72-68. The game stays under the 146 and a half, hits 140. Kentucky, nice effort. Beat up on Jerry Stackhouse's Vanderbilt Commodores in Nashville, 69-53, minus six. Cats get the win by 16, game stays under. Iowa State, late run, get the win against Kansas State, 80-76. to T.J. Otzelberger's Iowa State Cyclones get the win in Ames, but do not cover the five and a half. Win it by four, 80 to 76. Game getting well over the total. Texas, I did have Texas. That was my third play tonight, so I ended up going two and one. 89-75. They uh, get the best of Oklahoma State. Uh, Pokes made a couple runs to get it down to three, four, but then Texas opened it up inside the last seven minutes and win it by 14. They were minus seven and a half up to eight. 139 was the total game. Hits 164. San Jose State, they were looking for a big game. They got it tonight against Air Force. Minus three and a half. Spartans pound the force. 82 to 52. Win it by 30. And the game gets over the 126 and a half. And again, the Rebels right now up 11, 46 35, 17 44 to go. Thomas and Max second half. And uh, keep an eye there. Still 2 to 2, Chicago and Vancouver. Now 8.28 to go in the third period. And 121 to 103, 5.07 to go. Clippers back up on top of the Lakers by 18 big ones. Going to win that game more than likely going away. But a big night for LeBron, but nobody else really else. Nobody else, I should say, uh, helping out. All right, before Roxy comes on, he'll be on next segment. Mark Hoke, your take on uh, the playoff games this past weekend. I mean, you and I were on the same page with Philadelphia over the Giants. Uh, you said you thought they were going to crush them. I mean, you nailed it. I, I thought they'd win by double digits. I never thought they'd beat them 38-7. to Very impressive there. Uh, the Mahomes injury, right away you're sweating things out. And then, of course, Fish's Buffalo Bills. Boy, you talk about a guy that had me fooled, Josh Allen. I mean, last year, in a losing effort in that game against Kansas City, I thought he was the better quarterback. And I'm like, this team's, they're there. They're, they're going to take that next step this season coming up, and they're going to take care of business. But he has regressed. He makes mistakes. And that's the difference, I think, between Josh Allen and Joe Burrow, uh, you know, right now. Burrow doesn't make those big-time mistakes like Josh Allen does. And I thought one of the more pathetic games I've seen Allen play. Well, two things on that first. Cincinnati, they're, the way they had that schemed up, perfect. There's a great, and I mentioned this last night, Great story on CBS.com showing how the Cincinnati defense just befuddled Allen. And they did the same thing to Mahomes last year. Same type of stuff. I mean, incredible play design. But I, I think, you know, and I was kind of saying this all year that Josh seemed like he was really pressing. And they need to they need to get him a, a really good running back to take a little pressure off. But you know, losing Von Miller turned out to be a death blow for those guys. It was bad enough they lost Micah Hyde, but when they lost Von Miller, that just really took that whole defense out of sync. And you know, it's a real shame. I don't think Josh Allen's a bad quarterback or anything like that. No, no I think I think he just I no. think he just was trying too hard. I think there was a lot of pressure on and as the season wore on, it it went more and more on his shoulders. Whereas you have a guy like Burrow who, you know, has has the running game to help him out. So, you know, it, like I said, with the Bengals last year, just need to make some adjustments. The Bills are only a couple of players away. And, you know, once they get healthy again and, you know, a good draft, then I think they're going to be all right. But well, but I am disappointed. I, I still thought Buffalo was going to win that game. So 
I was I was pretty surprised to see how amazing Cincinnati played. Yeah, and you kept waiting for somebody to step up. I kept waiting for Stephon Diggs to make a big play. And I will say this: they only used uh, I'll tell you two of the guys: Cole Beasley and Shakir. Both those guys had receptions. Those guys were slot receivers that were open. Uh, Gabe Davis had a couple targets, a couple decent plays, but Stephon Diggs was non-existent pretty much the whole the whole day. And uh, uh, Josh Allen, I didn't see any of those big time Josh Allen runs in key situations. Yeah, they, well, they did a really nice job. Uh, the linebacking core and the cornerbacks, the way they were disguising them all the, the whole game. You know, they they pull the corners up, and then all of a sudden, like one would come or one drops back, and it it, it was just. It was amazing to see how badly it messed up everybody on Buffalo. I, I was so impressed when I saw that breakdown. I was like, "Wow, you know, somebody somebody ought to be up for a job next year." That's yeah. for, that's for sure. So. Mark, real quick, let me ask you something. I mean, if some, I, I don't care who it is, and I talked about it. You know, Derek Carr with the Raiders. If something's not working, and you just keep doing it, right? I mean, it's like the definition of insanity is what they say. But who says? that you can't roll out three plays in a row. Like, who says that? Like, why do you do it once? And then I remember it used to drive me nuts with Parcells back in the day with the Giants when they take up, you know, like if they threw on first down, Phil Simms threw on first down, you knew the next play that Joe Morris is getting the ball. A million to one if they threw it again. They're just not going to do it, right? To me, if you're having trouble setting up in a pocket because your quarterback's constantly under duress – why don't you do something to change that? And that's I'm, I'm talking about somebody that's athletic, like Josh Allen. Why not roll him out maybe twice to the right, once to the left, not setting him up, just something different. All of a sudden the defense going, okay, we don't know which way he's going to go now. Never changed anything. So you're getting beat. You see that you're getting beat, and you're not making any adjustments on the offense. It drives me nuts with the Raiders. I've watched it for years. I don't care who's the coach. I've never seen anybody – Get Derek Carr on the move to where off the off the get go. And again, to me, if I have someone that's mobile, good speed, take advantage of the freaking rules in pro football. Get outside the tackle box, especially if you have somebody that's short, somebody like a Kyler Murray. I get it. Kyler Murray, how good was he last year when he was outside the tackle box? Then he plays the Rams in the playoff game. He never got outside the tackle box except once. Two carries for six yards for a guy that's a dual threat and uses his legs to make, you know, his whole repertoire effective in the NFL. And, you know, it just drives me nuts that there's so many coaches that are, ah, I can't do that. Don't want to be ridiculed for doing something twice in a row. No, I'd keep doing it until they adjust. And then when they adjust, then I'm going back. And I'm also somebody that I would have split backfield. I get, Give me two running backs in the backfield when I'm on the two-yard line and inside. So you have no idea who's getting the ball. Or I'm going to go eye formation. Or I may have three guys in the backfield. And you have no idea who's going to get it. How many times do you stop Army or Navy or Air Force when they're on the one-yard line? Four downs. You don't. Okay, very few. And they're not even great teams, but they have the, the you know, to where you, you don't know. You, you don't know who's getting the ball. And here, oh, no, let's run it from the shotgun so that when our quarterback gets it, even though we're on the one-yard line, by the time he hands it off to the running back, it now, we now need five yards to get the touchdown. I don't get it. Yeah, I, and, I, and I understand what you're saying. I think if, if you look, if you're just taking this, the Buffalo-Cincy game, if you look at what Cincinnati did with their coverage, 
you you could kind of see why they were hesitant to do some things like that. It, it, I, I I'd have to I'd have to pull that story up and really and it's a visual thing, but they they out schemed the Bills this period. It was it was pretty incredible. It, it was and. You know, I I think that I think the Bills more more their their problem is that they've just got to get a better running game. They you know that Singletary didn't scare them. Put a spy on Allen, and that takes care of that. You know, there's, there's not much you can do. No, here, so, here well, here's one of the things that they did do. They they did they ran two plays in a row when they were down. I think uh, when when they got down uh, was it fourteen nothing? They got down and and then they. They ran the ball almost like, okay, now we're going to make sure we score on this drive, so we're going to establish the line of scrimmage. And they did not do it. They did not do it, and the first two plays, I think, went for a total of one yard, and that put all the pressure on third down. Got to get eight and a half yards to keep it going. They did not, and then, boom, got to punt the ball right back. So My brother coaching ain't easy. <laughs> there you go. All right, take a break. Come back. My good pal Roxy Bernstein going to join us. Uh, Rox is great, and uh, he's got a lot of great stuff. Uh, Mark Oak Show, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Coming up on this Sunday, it'll be the 102nd show as he celebrated the century mark a couple weeks ago. And uh, we'll get a take from Mark uh, throughout the week on what's going to be happening on the Mark Oak Show. You're listening to SportsX Radio 101.5 FM, KDWN, 1140 a.m. The Bet, and streaming on the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. We come back. Roxy Bernstein going to talk a lot of different things. Guys, as versatile as they come. One of the best play-by-play guys in the country. We are live from Vegas. We'll be right back. BOC coming back, wrapping things up on a Fat Tuesday. KT Live, 101.5 FM, KDWN, 1140. The Bet, streaming live on the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Just search KDWN or SportsX Radio. Mark Hoke producing. And, of course, anytime I can grab my good pal, Roxy Bernstein, I'll grab him. Tuesdays, sometimes I get fortunate because uh, he gets going to college hoops later on in the week. Roxy, great to have you, pal. And uh, coming back from... Hockey, I'm just wondering, uh, you know, your boy's young, man, but the Sharks got to be looking at him right about now. They need all the help they can get, Kenny. <laughs> it's been a rough go of it for Team Teal this year. No doubt. Ooh. Yeah, Vancouver actually leads Chicago 4-2. That's the only game still going, 239 to go. Uh, Vegas coming up short tonight. Golden Knights, what's your take in the, in the western half? Because Boston's so dominant in the east, but there's a lot of good teams there. Carolina looks solid. I'm just wondering, who do you have – Coming out of the West, and I mean the emergence of the, uh, the the expansion Kraken. I mean, could they be a factor? They're an amazing story, and you know, kind of like the Golden Knights were. Now, Vegas did it in year one, where they became a factor, and now in year two, the Kraken are doing it. And you know, it's funny that the team that everybody's waiting for is is Colorado, right? What's going on with the Abs? Um, you know, now they're back up into a playoff position right now, but for a while they're on the outside looking in. But you look around the Western Conference, there's going to be a good team or two that's going to get left out. And Colorado's got on this win streak. They've won six in a row. Edmonton's been hot, and they put themselves in position now. Um, the Western Conference is so wide open. And I know Dallas has the most points. 
But I keep coming back to Colorado. If they get their act together, Kenny, you know, the abs with Nathan McKinnon and, and the squad that they have, I, I just have the feeling that if they're right, they are the team to beat. All right. So we'll we'll, we'll see if uh, Brox is correct on that as the uh, team's moving forward. I mean, goaltending-wise, you know, they're okay. Uh, but you're right. I mean, McKinnon. With the firepower that they have and all the injuries that they've been through, mm-hmm. right, and guys coming in and out of the lineup. But when you have the likes of McKinnon and McCarr, look, I, I know I'm with you. The goaltending is certainly questionable. But when you have frontline stars like they have, and plus the other players that have been able to be, to contribute, right, you look at the role that you know, Miko Rantanen has been on for them, uh, they just have they have depth. They they come at you in waves, and when you have two stars like they do, it's it's hard to go against them. But look, if they lost, would it shock me? Absolutely not, because I, I just think the West is that wide open. And then the East. I mean, when you get a guy like Cassidy that's made the playoffs all five years there with the Bruins, wasn't good enough. Golden Knights swoop him up. Montgomery steps in his first year. This team, I was likening them to the 1984 Detroit Tigers, 35-5 and five out of the gate. I mean, this is phenomenal what they're doing. Just the one loss at home in regulation. Uh, Pasternak leading the way. But this is a very deep team. But now you get there like thinking, okay, Boston's going to be you know, a playoff team. But when you get off to you know, this type of start, and now it's not even a start. Now you're just keeping it going in the regular season. Rocks, anything but a Stanley Cup is going to – fall short as far as in the minds of the Beantown faithful. Well, right now, they don't have a weakness, Kenny, when you look at them. I mean, first off, okay, the goaltending people thought that was questionable coming in. Linus Ulmark right now has been just insane how good he's been. Uh, goals against under two, um, save percentage right around 940. Ken, he's 25-2-1, and one, mm. all right? And then you, you look up front, and you mentioned Pasternak. And, you know, David Krejci comes back to that team in the, in the season that he's had. Same with Patrice Bergeron. There's some question if he'd be back. Brad Marchand is doing Brad Marchand things. But I, I think the guy that really has solidified things for Boston is Hampus Lindholm. They made that trade last year. They got him from the Ducks. Hampus Lindholm is showing you how good he is on the blue line. Look, he's, he's not going to light it up as far as scoring and points, like the way Eric Carlson, for example, is doing it this year for San Jose. But Hampus Lindholm, my gosh, I mean, he gobbles up ice time. He blocks a lot of shots. He's consistently in the right position. And I, I know that the plus-minus stat isn't necessarily a great measuring stick, and it's certainly not the tool it used to be. But, Kenny, he's a plus 34, right? And for as much as he's on the ice, and he's going up against the top line of the opposition every night. Hampus Lindholm has just been a remarkable pickup for Boston when they got him from the Ducks last year. Great stuff. Didn't know I'd start out with hockey with Rocks, but because, yeah. because his young man is playing. What's, uh, what positions are your son playing, Rocks? Yeah, he fluctuates between center and wing, mostly right wing. And but he, he's having a great second year peewee. He's having a blast. He, he's actually going to be out there in Vegas next weekend for a tournament. There you go. All right, that'll be outstanding. I, I, I wish I could be there. I can't. My wife's got to take him out. But 
You know, they, you're not going to be here for for, there, for the Pro Bowl for the flag football Pro Bowl. Come on, Rocks. Is that is that the weekend of like February fifth, sixth? Oh yeah, that's the fifth and sixth. That's right. Yeah, yeah that's, that's when he's there. Yeah. Uh, see, I mean, you may have to make it out. Uh, you got, you somebody's got, got to be home with the daughter. Okay, I didn't know our college hoops, all that good yeah, stuff. I mean, yeah, I, I actually have a Thursday night game, and I'm actually off that weekend. But, you know, if my wife says, you know, I, I make all the trips, I'm picking this one because I want to go to Vegas, well, there you go. I'm SOL. There you go. Kids playing hockey, wife's at the roulette table. It's all, all good. All she's not up. a roulette player. No. More, she, she might be the blackjack table. There you go. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll split those picture cards. Thanks. Double down. <laughs> all right rocks real quick uh scott Rowland, the only one getting in eight time gold glover uh your take because you watched the giants as closely as anybody i know i thought jeff kent would get in jeff kent being left out is a travesty same with andrew jones those two look scott Rowland. it was a really good player kenny and i don't want to take anything away from him but to me, he was in the hall of very good. I don't know if he's the elite of the elite in a hall of fame. Look, I know he got voted in, and he was a tremendous defensive third baseman. And he was consistent over his career, what, seven all-stars. He won eight gold gloves. And I, he was a, had a terrific career. Um, I, I can't say that he's more deserving than Andrew Jones or Jeff Kent. Um, I mean, Scott Rowland had to, what, over 2,000 hits, 300 home runs. I know he won a World Series. But when you look at the, what Jeff Kent did for his career, mm-hmm. right, he was the dominant offensive second baseman, not only of his era, but Jeff Kent has hit the most home runs of any second baseman in the history of Major League Baseball. He was an MVP. I think Scott Rowland finished, like, ninth. And that's the highest he ever finished in an MVP voting. Um, it, it, it's, a, it's, it, it's a travesty that Jeff Kent did not get in. And now he's off the ballot. Um, it, look, he wasn't a great defensive second baseman, but he wasn't bad. He was pretty good. But he made his living as a hitter. And he was the protection behind Barry Bonds. And it, I just I, – I can't fathom why he didn't get in. I don't understand it. And then Andrew Jones is the other one, right? And I think Andrew Jones eventually will get in. He's got a number of more years on the ballot. But when you look at his career numbers and what he did, Andrew Jones, in the longevity that he had, hit over 400 home runs, um, 10 gold gloves, he did lead the league in home runs and RBIs once. I don't understand it. Those are the two that are just shocking to me that are just egregious omissions by the committee. I don't understand how Andrew Jones and Jeff Kent are not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, as a Mets fan, I thought Andrew Jones hit 400 home runs against the Mets. <laughs> I mean, it was unreal. Every time he always had that smile, man. He was just always smirking. And I was like, God dang it. The guy's always, I know he's going to hit a home run because he's, he's, already, he's already seen it in his mind. He's, he's laughing and he's running around the bases. But, yeah, he was a lot of fun and an excellent defensive player. And, uh, yeah. I don't know if we've seen a better defensive center fielder mm-hmm. than Andrew Jones. I, I don't. And that includes the likes of Willie Mays or whoever you want to put in there. Cesar Geronimo. How about that? I mean, 
Andrew Jones, what he was able to do over the course of his career, why don't you ask Greg Maddox, John Smoltz, uh, Tom Glavin, what Andrew Jones meant to the Braves organization. I mean, I I think whatever they say, people should kind of pay attention to. And I guarantee all three of them strongly agree that Andrew Jones should be in the Hall of Fame. I agree, big time. By the way, Vancouver did get that extra goal, so if you had the over, you get that 5-2. They knock off the Blackhawks. Game does go over. UNLV up 8, 9.28 to go. Thomas and Max, 65-57. Lead Wyoming, 65-57. Again, under the 10-minute mark. They need a win in that one. Pretty much wire-to-wire so far for the Rebs, and it is a final from L.A. Clippers, 133-115. Pound the Lakers. LeBron finished with 46 in the losing effort there. Ken Thompson, Roxy Bernstein, at Roxy Bernstein. Follow him on Twitter that way. Uh, I always tell people the most versatile play-by-play guy in the land. Doesn't matter what sport. Roxy's, you know, they throw badminton at him on the Pac-12 networks. Rox will be able to do it. Not a problem. Uh, Rox, your Niners, pretty impressive defensively. Offensively, so, boy, I thought I'd see more. But, you know, Purdy, I, I got to get your take. You know this Niners team as well as anybody. Uh, Dallas's defense played pretty well. But I thought Dak Prescott struggled big time, but that's against that Niners D. Uh, the game when the Niners played here against the Raiders, I've just got to feel like they took that game for granted. They're in Vegas. Derek Carr now is out. They're putting Jared Stidham in because the Niner fans, the faithful, they were here big time for New Year's Eve, followed up with a New Year's Day Niners-Raider game, thinking they were going to blow the Raiders out the water, and they were fortunate to get the victory in overtime. But they got it done. But that was a game where you didn't have any film on Stidham as a starter in the regular season. So Kansas City, with that film from that week before, pounded the Raiders into submission that last game. What is with this Niners team? I mean, they they continue to click. The defense, we know, is a juggernaut. The offense, where are you on Brock Purdy? Because you grew up in the Montana era. You knew that whole team inside out. People are saying, you know, Mr. Irrelevant, he's got that same demeanor as Joe Cool had back in the day for the Niners. It's uh, only seven, eight games in. It's hard to even put that in the same breath. But where are you as far as this Niners team? And is this offense good enough to go into Philadelphia against that defense and get a win on the road? It's one thing to beat a good Dallas defense when you're at home, but to go into a hostile environment like Philadelphia, where does Roxy Bernstein stand on that? Well, I think the confidence for the 49ers has to be extremely high. And I think that part of the game plan last week, Kenny, was not to have Brock Purdy make the mistake with how good Dallas's defense is. And he played efficient. And he didn't turn the ball over, and Dak Prescott did. The Niner defense was opportunistic. Um, I wish they had finished off some drives last week. They only put it in the end zone one time on a McCaffrey run. But he didn't make the mistake. He still completed, what, 66% of his passes, threw for over 200 yards. But look at this team since he has taken over and the boost he has given them and the confidence that they have in him. You look at the weapons around him on top of it, Kenny, with, you know, assuming McCaffrey, he says he'll be good to go. I know the calf was bothering him in the second half against the Cowboys. But you have Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, and now Elijah Mitchell also contributing the way he, like he did on Sunday, that there's plenty of help around Brock Purdy. And he's just doing what they ask him to do, and he's been so consistent. 
up until this Dallas game, Kenny, he had multiple touchdown passes in every start, including, what, three against the Cardinals in the regular season finale. And he had three against the Seahawks in the first round of the playoffs when he threw for over 300 yards. So he, he steps into a situation where it's his football team now. He's the quarterback going forward. As much as the 49ers have invested in Trey Lance and, and trading three first-round picks to move up and get him, make no mistake, when this team opens up next year, this is Brock Purdy's football team. And I believe that they're that confident in him heading into Philadelphia on Sunday. Interesting. Uh, real quick before we take one break, uh, Hassan Reddick, what has he meant to that Eagles defense? Because there's a, a bunch of players that feed off each other. But to me, he's the catalyst. He's the guy that, you know, just sets the tone for Philadelphia's defense. And I think that's where they're going to butter their bread on Sunday if they win this game. And that's by putting Purdy on his wallet a couple times. I think if you can do that and the crowd can get into it, that gives Philadelphia a shot to beat this Niner juggernaut that's on a huge winning streak. And the Niners haven't lost since they lost the Chiefs in late October. But that's going to be the, the big focal point of this game, right? How aggressive the Eagles' pass rush has been in the last number of weeks, the way they've been getting after the quarterback. But you're also going up against an offensive line, I thought, that that's pretty good. When you're talking about, especially Trent Williams, a left tackle, there isn't a better left tackle in the game, and I don't know if we've ever seen one, to be honest with you. But the one thing about Kyle Shanahan is he'll get creative about the way they game plan to attack this Philadelphia defense. And they could use that speed, and not just Reddick, but the likes up front of Fletcher Cox and, and Brandon Graham and, and Josh Sweat. They can, they can use their speed and over-pursuit against them. And I, I'm anxious to see what type of game plan that Kyle Shanahan installs this week because when I look at that group up front, the way they're able to block, if the Niners are able to establish a run with McCaffrey and Mitchell, that that could be what prevents the Eagles from really pinning their ears back and getting after the quarterback. No doubt about it. To me, I take a chance. I mean, early on in the game, I take a chance defensively with uh, some type of all-out blitz to try and get to Purdy because nobody's really gotten to him. You're right. That offensive line for San Francisco is outstanding. Philadelphia's offensive line, very good as well. So they protect their quarterbacks. I feel better with Jalen Hurts getting outside the tackle box. Not that Purdy didn't do it in Ames at Iowa State or not that he's not capable, and we've seen Shanahan get him outside the pocket a couple times to keep defenses off balance. But I feel that Hurts is healthy enough, uh, you know, based on what we saw last week. Not 100%, but probably 85%, I'm thinking. And 85% of Hurts is still better than 100% of most quarterbacks. So I felt comfortable with Philadelphia getting back to some design quarterback runs, uh, getting him outside the tackle box, taking advantage of, you know, the rules for in the NFL for the quarterback to just be able to throw the ball to the line of scrimmage out of bounds or run and slide and they can't really touch you. I think Philadelphia's got a big-time home field advantage, and I don't think San Francisco's run into anything during this winning streak that is going to set them up for the type of atmosphere that they're going to be in on Sunday. What's your take as far as that? Because I know the winning streak is real, and I know the offensive line is real, and Purdy's done whatever he's needed to do to get victories, but I don't think there's anything 
like what he's going to run into on Sunday as far as that atmosphere in the city of brotherly love? I mean, the only thing that's close is going up to Seattle. And the Niners did, and they beat the Seahawks up there, what, 21-13 toward the latter half of the season. But the the one thing that's a trouble uh, that's troubling for the Niners defense, I think, going into this game is, for the most part, they really haven't handled and faced the dual threat mobile quarterbacks when they played the Cardinals twice this year. Both times, Kyler Murray wasn't there. Um, you go back to Week One, they lost to Justin Fields and the Bears. That game was played in a, in a monsoon where, you know, wind was coming, blowing rain sideways. Mm-hmm. And I, I know when D- Dak Prescott ran last week, it kind of caused them some problems. But that's, that's the one area of concern about the Niner defense going into this game, is the lack of facing this type of quarterback in Hurts. And the other thing that could be an issue for them is Charles Amenahu, uh, was arrested on Monday for a domestic incident. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no charges have been filed yet, um, and they're still investigating the matter, but you wonder what his status is going to be for the 49ers because he's been an integral part of their pass rush and their front. As They picked him up in a trade from Houston in the offseason. He's performed very well for them. I, I think that has to be a concern also for Domenico Ryan's defense that what's the status of Amenahu because he's part of an outstanding rotation of, of a number of guys that they run through, not just Bosa and Armstead getting to the quarterback, but Amena, who's a key factor on that defense. No doubt about it. He is Roxy Bernstein. We take our final break of the evening, come back. We'll keep Rox for another five minutes, get his take on the other game, Kansas City at home with a banged-up Mahomes going up against Joe Burrow and Cincinnati. We are live from Vegas, 101.5 FM, KDWN, 1140, The Bet. Streaming live on that Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Just download that sucker. It's free. Search KDWN, search SportsX Radio. Live from Vegas. We'll be right back on a Fat Tuesday. Back Fat Tuesday, little dedication for my producer, Mark Hogue, Eagles fan, saying that'll be the day, Rox, when you go into Philly with your Niners and get a W. Uh, I, I, I think uh, whoever wins, Rox, when you make it into town, whoever wins, I will take uh, the other one out to dinner. I mean, you both go to dinner, but uh, I will buy for the winner of this battle here. It's going to be an epic battle, Jalen Hurts. And uh, we'll see Mr. Irrelevant, because he is relevant. There is no question. He's taken advantage of the opportunity given, and it'll be a lot of fun to see who comes out on top. Two very deserving teams in the NFC. Same thing in the AFC, Rocks, Kansas City, and Cincinnati. I did think Buffalo, with the home field advantage, would get Cincy in a close game. But Zach Taylor, what another, just a phenomenal job. And, And Callahan doing a nice job calling the offense. I just think this team is complete. Uh, T. Higgins coming back, playing well. Jamar Chase, his usual good self. But the offensive line, even minus guys like Kappa and Jonah Williams, still stepping up big time when need be. They go into KC, hate to see anybody, not 100%, especially somebody like Patrick Mahomes. 
But in a minute or two, Rocks, tell me, who wins this game and uh, how does it play out at Arrowhead? I, I think everything depends on the health of Mahomes, right, Kenny? Because if he is limited with the ankle, it's going to be awfully difficult for them to keep up because Cincinnati's going to score points. And Joe Burrow, he, he's, he's not going to be intimidated by going into Arrowhead. We know that. Um, and coming off the win last week in Buffalo, that I, I think that it all hinges on the health of Patrick Mahomes. He he needs to be ready to go because if he's not and if he's limited and his movement is limited in the pocket and his inability to, to lengthen plays and be able to really hang in there against his defense, I just I don't see us if Mahomes isn't Patrick Mahomes. I don't know how Cincinnati doesn't come out of there with a win. Yeah, it's going to be interesting in the first game they played this year. Uh, Joe Mixon didn't even play, so I, I like the game he comes off as well. Another solid effort, and uh, I got Cincinnati to uh, to win a close one, but uh, I think they get it done. I, I, I know it's hard to go into Arrowhead and get a W, and I'm not just basing it off the win against Buffalo. It's just, I just get the feeling with Burrow, he expects to win. Do you feel that? I mean, I, oh, felt, yeah. that, I felt that from Mahomes a couple years ago. I, I feel, and I kind of felt it with Josh Allen coming into the season, but I feel it with Burrow right now that his there's nothing right now on his plate outside of getting back, not only getting back, but winning this year, winning the whole thing. He just exudes confidence, mm-hmm. Kenny, and, and you know we saw it at LSU and we've seen it with Cincinnati, and coming back from the injury maybe has made him even more challenging to go up against. And that's why the Bengals are going to have the utmost confidence that they can go in there and win is because of the way Joe Burrow carries himself. He sets the tone for that team. Look, and and Patrick Mahomes does the same thing for the Chiefs and the way he gutted it out and came back last week uh, and helped them get the win. But is the ankle going to be better than it was last week? Yeah, probably. But how much better? And... I think that has to be a major concern when you have Joe Burrow on the other side playing with the confidence that he is playing with and the weapons that he's got. When you're throwing to Chase and Higgins and Boyd and Mixon running the ball and Hunter Henry emerging, that's that's what you're up against if you're Kansas City. Look, I know the Chiefs have a plethora of weapons also, but if Mahomes is limited – I think you got to give the edge to the, to the Bengals. I do, too, because here's the thing, and we only got about a minute and a half, but uh, my thing is if he can't push off and make a deep throw here or there to stretch the defense, the defense comes up, and then to me, I double up on Kelsey. I understand Pacheco runs downhill, but that's going to bring everybody in, force him to throw something 25, 30 yards. I don't know if he's going to be able to do that effectively. And, you know, I think Burrow's going to be able to complete all types of different passes. I think that team is on a roll. And we'll just have to see, was it the footing there in Buffalo, maybe to where the defensive players just couldn't get after Burrow quick enough because it was slippery there. And uh, when you know where you're going, you know, that's a major advantage to the offense. We'll see how it all plays out. But, Roxy Bernstein, always appreciate you taking time out, uh, even on your way back, coming back from hockey practice for your son. Rox, thanks so much, man. I know my audience loves you here in Vegas, and uh, I love you as well, buddy. You're a great man and the best play-by-play guy in all of sports, college basketball especially. Nobody better than Roxy Bernstein. Thanks, Grinchy. Anytime.
All right, buddy. Talk to you soon. My good pal, Roxy Bernstein. At Roxy Bernstein. Follow him on Twitter. And uh, just anytime you can listen to that guy call a game. It's one of the best. All different sports. Used to call games for the Florida Marlins back in the day. I mean, did his alma mater, Cal, Cal basketball for 18 years. Now he could probably play for Cal basketball. That's how bad that team is. But Rocks is outstanding. Baseball, football, basketball, hockey, and uh, wherever they need him to fit in. Water polo. He'll do it. He's great. Thanks to my producer, Mark Hoke. Appreciate Mark, of course. And uh, tomorrow night, live at Steiner's Pub, 1750 North Buffalo. I'll get all the details on those extra spots that are still open at 8410 West Cheyenne for the big game. But that'll do it. My two plays that I'm going to give you for college basketball, take George Washington minus the four against St. Joe's at home. And Western Carolina, a little redemption, losing to the Citadel last night, or last week, I should say. They'll cover the six tomorrow. Till tomorrow, you know the rules. No drinking and driving, no texting and driving. Most of all, God bless our troops. God bless you live. PSP or Lord Studios in Vegas. I'm Ken Thompson. You've been listening to SportsX Radio, 101.5 KDWN, 1140 The Bet, and on that Odyssey app. Have a great evening. God bless. Good night, everybody.